0: There was one experience that kicked it off. An SDR called me. I know Splatter, I'm not in the management role, but he called me, I was like, oh, this is great, I'll take the call. The call wasn't very good. They thought I still work at Salesforce. They, it wasn't a personalized or relevant reach out. You know, they made assumptions and they were just talking about them rather than about me and my company. So I said, do you mind if I pause you for a second? Probably don't get this often, Can I, I share some feedback. So I told them, like, listen, Overall, I thought you could have done a lot better. First of all, I work at Asana. You could have mentioned something my CEO said recently, or our growth, because we're a publicly traded company. Uh, You could have made more about me rather than about you and all the great things you're doing as a company. And he sat back and said, thank you. I appreciate it. I've learned a lot.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Salman Moedin, and he's a strategic sales exec with Asana. Now, today is another episode in our series of conversations with new and interesting voices in sales with the people who represent the future of selling. So, in our conversation today, Salman and I talk about, well, his journey in sales so far from his start as an SDR to his current role as enterprise sales exec. He shares how he set the goal to progress into an enterprise role and how he relied on his determination, his resilience, and most importantly, his patience to help him reach that goal. We then dig into the areas that he's working on next in terms of his own personal development and the goals he's working on to achieve now. We get into all of this and much, much more, but before we get to Solomon, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. And I want to remind you to check out my latest book, Sell Without Selling Out. It's a modern, human-centric framework for increasing your win rates and shortening decision cycles without using the salesy behaviors that so many buyers hate. It's available everywhere you shop for books, online, and in stores. All right, let's jump into it. Salman, welcome
0: to the show. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure to be on. Pleasure to have you here. So, um, where are you joining us from? I'm joining from beautiful Toronto, Canada Toronto,
1: Canada, nice, nice Uh, I like it up there, I've been up there a number of times Um, actually stayed in the hotel in the, what they call the dome downtown (laughs) Uh, uh, unfortunately it wasn't the night of a baseball game so I couldn't look out my window at a baseball game but uh, at the Blue Jays game, but nonetheless yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you
2: do
0: I am currently an enterprise uh, sales account executive Mm -hmm. at Asana. Mm -hmm. I've been with the company for about 10 months now, Uh, spent some time at Salesforce and IBM throughout my career before that. But uh, yeah, I'm selling to large organizations, specifically some of the big banks and insurers in Canada, and I love what I'm doing. So you actually had two stints at Salesforce, right? I did. The funny thing is Andy, I had two stints at IBM and two stints at <laughs> Salesforce.
1: <laughs> so now Asana knows what they're getting. <laughs>
0: good point. Good point. So
1: it sounds like a Salesforce you it looked like you left went to a startup and what happened?
0: That's a good question. So Salesforce such an innovative company when I was at IBM back in 2013, Salesforce reached out to me. And, you know, Salesforce at that time, very innovative company Mm -hmm. growing 30, 40, 50% every year. And, um, you know, it was a great opportunity for me to join a growing organization. So I decided to take a leap to a leader in cloud computing, the pioneer of cloud computing. And it was a great run there. But um, there was an opportunity that came up after about th- my first three years there where you know I was selling new logos uh, you know started building out a prospecting mm-hmm. playbook and you know my goal was to try to get to enterprise sales I wanted to focus on some of the big banks and insurers so, well,
1: so what was it about enterprise sales that was attractive to you
0: you know I, I always wanted to get into some of the big banks and insurers because I always knew that a lot of the transformative transformational digital transformation projects happen at some of those big banks. I Got looked it. up okay. at IBM. I always looked up at some of the AEs that were covering those big banks, multi right. $1,000,000 deals. And I really wanted to get there. Yep. And, you know, I had one of two choices. I could either spend another five and 10 years at Salesforce to try to get to that point. Cause that's what it, it took, or I could go to another company. So, so I left mm-hmm. and, you know, I found out that one of the number one things that I look for, Andy, in a sales role is having conviction in what you do, believing in what you're selling Mm -hmm. and what you're selling. And, you know, you could have the best leadership in the world. You could have the best culture in the world. But if you don't believe in what you're selling, that it's going to bring true value to your customers. Number one, you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. Right. (laughs) You're not going to feel excited. And number two, you just won't be successful. You could fake it for a while, right? But you know this from your experience. You need to believe in what you sell. And Salesforce called me back a year later I said, Salman, your dream has come true. we got an enterprise sales all covering the big banks in Canada. You have that financial services experience now. We want you back. And I went back and uh, had, had a lot of success there.
1: Interesting. So you were gone how long before you went back? Uh, about a year. Now, was this a case where they you had
0: to leave to make yourself appear more valuable in in some cases uh there's there's people that do that i, I would say i salesforce has a lot of employees that are boomerangs uh, so to speak and by the way i didn't even know <laughs> a funny story you didn't know the term right <laughs> i didn't know, well here's a funny story uh my first day back at i at salesforce after a year uh, you know one of my colleagues who i used to work with he goes hey someone how was the vacation how was your time off i'm like <laughs> Wait a second! I wasn't on vacation. I was gone to another <laughs> company for a year. It's like, oh my god, I thought you were gone for a few weeks. <laughs> so just, uh, but it was great. Uh, it was a great uh, return back.
1: Interesting. Well, you 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 write you've written on LinkedIn about the importance of patience that helped you get to the point, you know, achieving an enterprise sales role. So let's talk about that because I think this is one of the most overlooked virtues <laughs> that that sellers need to have, but but really, don't have.
0: You're, you're you're right, Andy. And the reason I write about it is because, you know, I started off at IBM as a SDR back in 2006. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in fairness, my mom wanted me to become a doctor, engineer, and lawyer. <laughs> and I think every South Asian family has had that experience where their parents want them to do that. I told my mom, "Listen, like I have passion for sales. I had right. sales experience during." University and high school, you know, selling door-to-door newspaper subscriptions, selling phone plans, fundraising, all that sort of fun stuff. And I told her, I want to get a tech sales. She said, okay, fine, but make us proud. And I, I think I have. So back wow. in 2006, I, I started as an SDR, was successful, moved up to an AE role. But during that entire process, from it took me more than 10 years, Andy, about 10 and a half years, Andy, to move from SDR, commercial AE multiple roles, all the way to enterprise sales. Mm-hmm. And I think in this world that we're living in, of instant gratification, people, you know, they, they want that response from an executive uh, after their prospecting email. They want to close that deal quickly. They want to close that enterprise deal and get that big commission check. But what I've learned and what my faith teaches me as well is you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. And life and sales, as you, you're aware, Andy, is full of peaks. And it's full of value, uh, values. Oh, yes.
2: You're going to have good
0: years, you're going to have bad years. You're going to have good months, you're going to have bad months and quarters. And you have to be patient, you have to be resilient, and you have to be determined. And I was able to do so and get to that point of enterprise sales in 10 years. And I'll tell you, Andy, it was worth it.
1: Well, I think by being patient, this is, this is uh, I look back at my own career, is, yeah, in my generation, <laughs> sir. Pioneered the uh, the break from lifetime employment at one company to moving more quickly between opportunities, and I was at and so I'd been served three companies over the space about five years, and went to this one, and I started getting approached, but uh, you know, recruited to go to a new position, and I just knew that I needed to stay. I knew that that for me to really learn in my case, I was selling yeah large deals to large enterprises, is to really learn that I need to stay and see it through and in you know for more than just you know one accounting cycle and really learn the customers and the business and things, and for me, that patience paid off because then with a the little more experience and track record, suddenly a whole range of different opportunities opened up that wouldn't have been opened up to me before if I just kept jumping from job to job.
0: Yeah, I completely get it. And that resonates because in that 10-year span, like I had a goal, Andy. I wanted to get to enterprise sales. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I think that for some companies, you could join a series A, B, C company. You could join a startup and maybe accelerate that path. But for me, at that time in 2006, I knew it was going to take quite a while. Uh, during that 10-year span, I was laid off. Mm-hmm. I was put on a PIP, a performance yep. improvement plan.
2: Not easy. Yep. I no.
0: questioned myself, Andy. I'm sure. Sales right for me, like, am I, should I go to finance? I graduated with an economics degree. Should I? Should I go to a marketing role or a finance role.
1: Well, what but, was the basis for the PIP? Was it just lack of performance you know, for X number of months? Or what, what was sort of the basis of it?
0: Yeah, good question. I think it was a lack of performance for a certain period of time. But what I did was I, I did put my head down for a while, Andy. I did, you know, I, I was upset about it, but I didn't mope around for too long. What I did was I took a step back. I learned from all the deals that I lost, what could I have done better i mm-hmm. talked to colleagues i talked to mentors and then i started building out a playbook and i use that playbook to that to this day and it's helped me in every single deal it's helped me increase my win rate why because i was if, if i wouldn't have built that playbook if i wasn't put on that pip and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, l- I look at that as a lesson learned yep and a path forward yeah i mean i
1: Similar to some degree in my careers is after I've been in sales for eight years, a startup I was with went bust. Um, I couldn't get a job in sales. I I it, <laughs> I I took a step back and went into you know what we'd now call a customer success role, but as an account manager, and sort of yeah, reset myself, and within. You know, six months or so, I was back in, back in sales and learning how to sell big deals. But it was like, yeah, sometimes you got to just be patient. As you said, take a step back, really think about what, what you want to achieve and how you want to achieve it, who you want to achieve it with. And uh, yeah, not, not do what everybody else does.
0: And, and to your point, Andy, patient doesn't mean you're not going to be resilient, patient doesn't mean you're oh, going to yeah. be. Not going to be determined or put in hundred percent effort. You got to do all that, but at the Absolutely. same time, you got to leave it and be like, "Hey, I I I need to wait it out as well because things take time."
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had a guy work for me at one company that that I'd put on a pip, and it sounded like he responded sort of like you did. I see. First of all, he was just pissed, <laughs> but then he yeah he determined that. He wasn't going to let this set him back. In fact, he determined he was going to succeed and, yeah, just transformed himself from somebody that was a little uncertain, a little unsure to
0: someone that's out closing,
1: yeah, seven high seven figure deals.
0: Sometimes you need that punch in the gut to really make you uh, realize that, hey, I could be doing better and let me learn from that.
1: yeah. Yeah, so, so for you right now, sort of, yeah, you are, you know, when I look at it, it looks like you're sort of intentionally building your personal brand, working on developing that your thought leadership. So, what's sort of driving that for you?
0: I think uh, you know, I joined Asana about ten months ago, and I started posting more actively on LinkedIn about seven months ago, and before Mm -hmm. that, it was just like sharing company events every few months. And what's funny is that there was one experience that kicked it off. Mm -hmm. An SDR called me when I was at Asana. I was flattered. I'm not in the management role, but they called me. I was like, oh, this is great. I'll take the call. The call wasn't very good. They thought I still worked at Salesforce. It wasn't a personalized or relevant reach Mm -hmm. out. You know, they made assumptions and were just talking about them rather than about me and my company. Right. So I said, you know, I told them, do you mind if I pause you for a second? Do you You probably don't get this often. Could I I share some feedback? So I told him, like, listen, overall, I I thought you could have done a lot better. Um, First of all, I work at Asana. You could have mentioned something my CEO said recently Mm about growth uh, because we're a publicly traded company. Uh, You could have made more about me rather than about you and all the great things you're doing as a company. And he sat back and said, thank you. I appreciate it. I've learned a lot. I posted about that experience a day later. It got a lot of engagement, and I Mm -hmm. said, I thought to myself that night, you know, I have 15 plus years of tech sales experience, nothing compared to you, Andy, but still some decent experience. I think I have a message to share about sales advice, about diversity in sales, Mm -hmm. about, you know, things that don't get talked about. And the number one thing for me is I want to share content that is actionable. Meaning if I share sales tips, I want somebody that can take that, and immediately use it in their sales role. Immediately use it in their interview process because I post a lot about interview tips. And that has been resonating with people. So where do you see that going for you?
2: Right now, uh, it's, it's, it's
0: great that I'm generating a bigger following. It's overwhelming the amount of messages I'm getting of people asking for help. But I think I want to continue to you know, priority for me is faith and family, my job mm-hmm. and then my personal brand. So I think I want to continue to build my brand and the sky's the limit right now.
1: Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this question. So when you, you know, read on LinkedIn, obviously you're active on LinkedIn, you're reading about yeah sales advice, selling. In your mind, so what are the What are people missing oftentimes who are writing, you know, whose advice you read or or whatever, the tips you read? What what do you perhaps think you see that others miss?
0: I think, you know, you mean like what what could be lacking in some of the content of others? Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes down to actionable content. Because I think that some people might fear that they're giving away too much. So, for example, if, if somebody has a coaching business and they have all these sales secrets that they want to share, you know, in, in, their, in their defense, they may not feel comfortable sharing that insight on a LinkedIn post because they feel I'm giving away content <laughs> for free and I don't <laughs> want to do that. And I, I understand that. Like, I, I totally get it. Oh, but, I don't. But for, anyway, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> but I'd like to get your thought. But for me, you know, my nature is just to give. But that could change because I could tell you my, my d m s are flooded and I can't get back to everyone like yours are, and um I gotta protect my time as well but sure. but again, you know it's um I think that's what's missing the actionable content that yeah. I can take this and and I don't say this to boast in any way, Andy, but there's been. Dozens and dozens and hundreds of folks that have said, thank you, I progressed my deal because of your post. Mm-hmm. Thank you, I got a job offer because of your interview tips. Thank Fantastic. You, I was able to reopen conversations because you you posted a note about how clients ghost and how to overcome that. So just very thankful for that. Right? Yeah. Well,
1: the reason I was gonna say disagree on that one point is, first of all, there are no secrets in sales. Let's just... <laughs> People just need to get over it, right? I mean, does anybody think that <laughs> the you know, literally billions of transactions that have taken place, that there's something that happens that somebody knows that no one else has ever experienced or knows themselves? No. No. Yeah, it's, it's what people have are perspectives. And that's really that's really what you're doing, what I do. Uh, is we're trying to just as you should as sellers try to help your customers gain a different perspective on the problems and challenges they face and and the outcomes they can achieve by addressing them. That's what you try to do as a thought leader too, or as an author. Is is yeah. If you think, oh my gosh, I gotta hold this back because I only I know this. <laughs> yeah, you're really fooling yourself. Fair point. Good yeah. Point. Yeah. So what you're doing is great. Yeah. Share. Share, share, share. comes back to you. fold for sure. Um, and that,
0: that last point that you just mentioned, Andy, I'm a big believer in that, and I've posted about there, Posted about this. I'm a big believer that if you give something to someone out of the goodness of your heart, expecting nothing in return, good things will find themselves to you. Yep. I'm a big believer in that.
1: No, I agree, too. I mean, <laughs> I think I've... More than exhausted my supply of, of sales sales knowledge on you know a thousand fifty episodes of this podcast. Fortunately, I talk to smart people like yourself where I keep learning new stuff. But um, yeah, it's just we're here to share and to help people. So whether it's uh, our customers or you know people that follow follow you and what you're writing. So last question for you is in terms of your own personal development. You know, where are you investing your time? You know, what are you reading or what are the things you're doing to, to improve what you do?
0: One thing that I've been doing for the last 10 years of my career is you know, I think one thing really good sellers do, I think what good sellers do is that they celebrate their deals.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What great sellers do is they ask themselves, what could I have done better, both in wins and losses. And that's the mindset I take. What could I learn from my losses and mm-hmm. learn from my wins that I can take and improve upon and, and take it to the next sales right. cycle, whether it's being better in discovery, whether it's you know uh, better executive alignment early on in the cycle, whether it's better objection handling. Mm-hmm. That's the number one lesson I take because I'm a big believer that you can read all the books you want. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. It's the experience and going through that cycle that matters the most. And that's where you're going to learn.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Yeah. Learn which is what works for you, what doesn't. Experiment, try new things. Keep keep experimenting. Absolutely. Yeah, my, I have a uh, quote in my book from Ralph Waldo Emerson, one of my favorite writers. And he said, all life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. All right. Well, Salman, thank you for joining me.
0: I appreciate it, Andy. It's always a pleasure. I can tell you that, and I actually posted about this about an hour ago before I joined. I said, if somebody told me I would be on the Sales Enablement Podcast with Andy Paul a few months ago, I would laugh at them, and then I would laugh at them some more. Well, <laughs> I'm going to laugh here and say thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: Oh thank you, and look forward to doing it again.
0: Look forward to it. Thanks, Andy.
1: Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Salman Mohedin, for sharing his story with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, thank you for your help with that. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling,
2: everyone.